Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, Paul writes, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints." Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for the opportunity to be back here tonight to study your word and to worship you together collectively as your church. I pray that you'd be with us as we look through your word. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and be with us as we go out from this place tonight and as we seek to imitate you in front of the world this week and hopefully forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's jump in this real quick tonight. The Apostle Paul, he lays out, I want us to look at three different ways that he lays out here in this passage of scripture that we just read, three ways that we can imitate God, three ways that we ought to be working to imitate God. And the first one is that we walk in love. He says, God walks in love. In verse one, he says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. You catch that. Paul recognizes that kids imitate their parents. And he says, the Father, we all are children of the Father. If we're saved, we ought to imitate the Father. What does the Father do? The Father walks in love. He says, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, one of the most popular probably that most, more people can probably quote than anything else, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us that much, and we ought to imitate God's love. Over in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, John wrote, He who does not love does not know God, because God is love, John says. When the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What did Jesus say? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, on these two things hangs all the laws. You see, if we can just love, if we just abide by those two simple things, 
There's no reason for any other law, is there? Can you think of a single law that you would have broken by just showing love? No, there's not. Well, there may be, in today's day and era, there may be some that don't make sense, but any law that makes sense, you won't break. There's none of God's laws that will break by showing love. If people imitate the love of God, wouldn't society be a lot different? You know what we do? Now, I'm not an anarchist, but you know what we'd do? We'd put the government out of business. And I like the sound of that. Wouldn't it sound great? We were having a little conversation about this just a little bit at the lunch table today. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the church did what we were called to do and the church as a collective whole all around the world loved so well that there was no need for government welfare? Because, you see, that's why there is government welfare is because the church has not loved to the extent we're supposed to. I really believe that. If the church loved like we're called to love, there would be no orphans, would there? Think about how different the world would be if just God's people focused completely on imitating the love of God. The world would be a completely different place. And just to make sure he's clear, Paul feels the need to share a brief list, and this is not a comprehensive list, of some activities that are the opposite of love. Sometimes we don't think of these things as being the opposite of love, maybe, but he mentions fornication. He talks about covetousness. Maybe your translation says greed. Well, greed, boy, that's, that's anti-love. He mentions filthiness. You know what he's talking about here? He's not talking about you need to go take a bath because you stink, okay? We'll often tell Truly, it's bath time. He says, but I not stink. Like, you haven't smelled you today, okay? It was 100 degrees outside and you were on the playground, okay? He's not talking about physical filthiness. He's talking about what comes out of your mouth. When he talks about filthiness, he's talking about your mouth. He talks about foolish talking. He talks about coarse jesting. Here, that's suggestive or immoral conversations. You know, I think especially men really need to watch out that when folks at work start telling dirty jokes, we don't join in. Because what does Paul say? He says, that's not fitting. In verse 4, he says, that's not fitting for the life of a Christian. That sort of thing. Up in verse 3, when he's talking about fornication and covetousness and uncleanness, he says, let that not even be named among you. That's not even fitting for the saints. Let it not even be named among you. In other words, the world will assume that you're not a Christian if you act like that. And how will we ever reach the world with the gospel of Jesus if the world doesn't know we belong to him? Now let's go back to God's will because that's mentioned here. Or we talked about it this morning. To reach the world with the gospel of Christ. That's the will of God. To make God known to all the world. We talked about this morning, our actions will accomplish a lot of that in the way we live. And if our actions accomplish the opposite of that, that's not love. Because we're either driving people towards Christ or away from Christ, and there's no in-between. And if we're driving people away from Christ, we're not showing them love. So the first way Paul says we imitate God is that we show 
love. If we move on down to verse 8, Paul says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. How do we imitate God? We walk as children of light. Over in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, John writes, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. You know, I love, the, love the, an illustration, you know, if the room were completely dark and we had this huge spotlight and we shined it on the stage and we said, here's this huge ring of light. There's no darkness in that ring of light at all. And wouldn't it be amazing if we took lights and we put it like a 360 light and then we tried to create a shadow? You wouldn't be able to create a shadow at all, would you? Not if you had light coming in from 360 degrees. You see, that's the way God is. God is light. Darkness is sin. No darkness at all can exist in the presence of God. And so in verse 11, Paul says... He takes it a step further. He says, be light. In other words, steer away from sin. And he says, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So he says, don't even associate with those who practice unfruitful works. How do we know if it's fruitful? Well, we go to Paul's writing in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And so if what we're doing does not exhibit one of those qualities, it's probably not bearing fruit for the Lord. Steer away from those. As we are going through our day and we're participating in an activity and we think to ourselves, what kind of fruit does this activity bear? If it doesn't produce the fruit of the Spirit, we ought to steer away from it. If we're hanging around people, if we are around people who are participating in things and doing things even in our presence that does not produce spiritual fruit, Paul says we ought to steer away from them. Because darkness should not ever exist in the presence of light. And we are to be the light. We're to let our light so shine before men, Jesus said that others see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. And you say, but what if, what if that person's a church member? Should I steer clear of them? If they're doing something that is wrong, if they are participating in an activity that, that is wrong, should I steer, shouldn't I be trying to convince them that their ways are wrong? Paul addressed that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He said, but now I have written to you, not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetousness or an adulterer, I mean, or an, uh, not an adulterer, an idolater or a reveler or a drunkard or an extortion, or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Paul says even if the person claims to be a Christian, if they're participating in this type of activity, the same type of activities mentioned over here in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says don't be around them. Because what do we say this morning? Other people's activities have a tendency to do what? Rub off on us. Instead, what do we do? 
In verse 11, it says, expose them. How do we expose them? By shining our light. By living, see, we can be around them without hanging out with them. We can let our light shine around them without being so close to them that their activities rub off on us. Paul says we should expose them. By living a life that glorifies God. By living a life that exalts the name of Jesus before them. And you know what it'll do? It'll do a lot what this book will do when we read it. This book is a mirror to us, you know. It exposes things to us. And hopefully, by living a life that glorifies Jesus Christ in front of people who are participating in these activities, hopefully they will become convicted of their sins. They will become convicted of participating in the activities they're in, and they will turn from their ways. We are to be light, and we are to expose those around us, not in a gotcha type of way, but in a way that they see the darkness in their own life and want to get rid of it. So we're to be light. We're to walk in love. We're to walk as children of the light. And there's one more thing I want us to see tonight. He says down in verse 15, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand that, that what the will of the Lord is. He tells us if we're to imitate God, we're to walk in wisdom. If we're to imitate God, we're to walk in wisdom. What does that mean? Well, he says, first of all, walk circumspectly. It's a fun word to say, I guess. But maybe we'll say, well, you know, I don't really know what that means. It just means to be careful. It means to pay attention. It means watch your step. It means make sure that as you're walking along in the woods, you make sure there's not a copperhead where you're about to put your big foot, right? You pay attention when you're walking around when the snakes are crawling, don't you? Tim says he pays attention. When he's out in the woods, we pay attention. You know, if... If there's a car in front of you, if you're in Shreveport and there's a, well, I shouldn't have named a town, but if there's some crazy driver around, happens to me every time. One day I told Mary, we got to get out of this town. It was like, once it happened the third time, I'm like, uh-uh. You pay attention to that person, don't you? You watch them. You make sure you're not going to get into any trouble. Paul says, walk carefully. As you walk through your life, as you live your life, live carefully. Pay attention because it is so easy to fall into one of Satan's traps. And we already know that, that the Bible tells us that Satan is walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We know that the enemy is after us as Christians. If you profess the name of Jesus Christ, you've got a target on your back and the enemy is after you. So Paul says, walk carefully, because there are traps out there. And as you walk in wisdom, he says, redeem the time. What does he mean by that? It means make the most of your time. You know, we don't have to look very far to remember how brief life can be. So make the most of the time you've got. Live for Christ let your light shine. Walk in love. Walk in wisdom. While you still 
can. Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't live your life saying, I'll get around to living for God tomorrow. Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Make the most of your time. Be wise how you spend your time and life. And verse 17, isn't this interesting? We talked about this this morning. We'll close with this. Look how he says we keep from being unwise. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. What did we say that was? This morning we talked about that, and we said the will of the Lord, from the first page of the book to the last page of the book, the will of the Lord stays the same, and it's to make himself known to the entire world. And when we live with that in mind, It ought to completely change the focus of how we live. When we live with that in mind that it is our job to pursue the will of God in our life, and that means it is our job to find out where we fit in the puzzle. What is my role in making God known to the world? And when we live with a constant awareness of that, you know what we do? We walk with love. We walk as children of the light. And we walk wisely. Paul says that the greatest key to a life of successfully imitating God is to keep the will of God at the forefront of our minds. Is there anything before we dismiss?